showcasing Christian authors from all over the world. England, Canada, India, Thailand. All right, good good day folks. We're getting ready to start the show. This broadcast of the PJC Media Network seeks to present wholesome, thought-provoking, and entertaining content. However, the views expressed by the hosts of PJC Media are theirs and theirs alone. They do not reflect the views of this network or its affiliates. Please utilize listener discretion. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. Uh, welcome to the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White show. I'll be your host today, Maceo Coleman, uh, and we uh, will be joined by our uh, hostess with the mostest shortly. Um, but today, we're going to continue our Millionaire Mindset series on the Master Key to Riches uh, by Napoleon Hill. In this Millionaire Mindset series, on the master key to riches. We have covered the 12 riches of life and the nine practices of receiving life's rewards. Learning how to manifest riches through vibrations, positive aspirations, and various other practices. On today's episode, we will continue to discuss the habit of going the extra mile and love the true emancipator of mankind. So if you want to better your circumstances, tune in and get the keys that will help you unlock the riches that await you. All right, so we're back again. We've talked, uh, I think we've had three weeks where we've talked about um, the book, The Master Key to Riches. And uh, just to give you a refresher, The Twelve Riches of Life. Uh, number one was a positive mental attitude. Uh, that's so important. Number two, sound physical health. Number three, harmony in human relationships. Number four, freedom from fear. Number five, the hope of achievement. Number six, the capacity for faith. Number seven, willingness to share one's blessings. Number eight, a labor of love. Number nine, an open mind on all subjects. Ten, self-discipline. Eleven, the capacity to understand people. And twelve, economic security. So those were the uh, twelve uh, riches of life that we discussed. And we also discussed nine practices for receiving life's rewards. And um, those practices are material prosperity, sound, physical health, peace of mind, hope, faith, love, romance, and overall wisdom. So those uh, were the uh, nine uh, 
practices, and we also talked about the definiteness of purpose. So I'm going to begin uh, tonight with uh, chapter, what chapter are we on? How about the next chapter? (laughs) We're going to start with chapter four. And uh, if you have any questions. Okay, we we know the theme song. Let me move this cursor. All right, so we're going to start here and explain why these principles are so effective. Because with the definiteness of purpose and the habit of going the extra mile constitute a force which staggers the imagination even the most imaginative of people, although these are but two of the 17 principles of individual achievement. I mentioned two principles before together for one purpose, and that was to indicate how the principles of this philosophy are interconnected like the links of a chain and how this combination of principles leads to the development of stupendous power which cannot be attained by the application of any single one of them. We will now analyze the power of definiteness of purpose and the psychological principles from which this power is derived. So the first premise, the starting point of all individual achievement is the adoption of a definiteness purpose, a definite purpose and a definite plan for its attainment. Got to have a plan. Second premise, all achievement is the result of a motive or combination of motives, and there are nine basic motives which govern all voluntary actions. These motives have been previously described in Chapter 2. We went through those. So make sure you have a pencil and paper. Because the third premise, any dominating idea, plan, or purpose held in the mind through repetition of thought, and emotionalized with a burning desire for its realization is taken over by the subconscious section of the mind and acted upon, and it is thus carried through to its logical climax by whatever natural means may be available. Now, I'm going to read that again because that is so important to understand this principle that any dominating idea plan or purpose held in your mind through repetition of thought. You just keep thinking of this over and over and over and emotionalize with a burning desire for its realization. You just feel it emotionally. I mean, it makes your your liver quiver. You know, you just feel it in your your gut. Um, It's taken over by the subconscious section of the mind and acted upon. If you have a feeling or a thought like that and you feel it emotionally, Uh, your subconscious mind will take over and act upon it. And it is thus carried through to its logical climax by whatever natural means may be available. The fourth premise, any dominating desire, plan, or purpose held in the conscious mind and backed by the absolute faith in its realization is taken over and acted upon immediately by the subconscious section of the mind. There is no known record of this kind of a desire having ever been held without fulfillment. Fifth premise, the power of thought is the only thing over which any person has complete unquestionable control, a fact that for some 
might suggest the need for a close relationship between the mind of man and infinite intelligence linked together by faith. Sixth premise. The subconscious mind may be reached through faith and given instruction as though it were a person or a complete entity unto itself. Number seven, a definite purpose backed by absolute faith is a form of wisdom, and wisdom in action produces positive results. I'm going to read that again. This is the seventh premise, a definite purpose backed by absolute faith is a form of wisdom, and wisdom in action produces positive results. So everything that I've read thus far just says that we control our thoughts. We can control our actions. Not only are we responsible, but if we are thinking the right things and feeling the right things, our subconscious mind will act on those things. So, I mean, it doesn't say that they have to be positive for it to happen. I mean, we could be internalizing all kinds of negative stuff, and, 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 and those negative things come to pass. So this is saying control your thoughts and make them what you want them to be. Because the major advantages of definiteness of purpose, definiteness of purpose develops self-reliance, personal initiative, imagination, enthusiasm, self-discipline, and concentration of effort. All of these are prerequisites for the attainment of material success. It induces one to budget one's time and to plan all day-to-day endeavors so they lead toward the attainment of one's major purpose in life. It makes one more alert in the recognition of opportunities related to the object of one's major purpose. And it inspires the necessary courage to act on those opportunities when they appear. It inspires the cooperation of other people. It prepares the way for the full exercise of that state of mind known as faith by making the mind positive and freeing it from the limitations of fear and doubt and indecision. It provides one with a success consciousness without which one may maintain, may attain enduring success in any calling. So what's your calling? It provides one with a success consciousness without which one, which no one may attain enduring success in any calling. It destroys the destructive habit of procrastination. Last, it leads directly to the development and the con- continuous maintenance of the first of the 12 riches, a positive mental attitude. These are the major characteristics of definiteness of purpose. Although it has many other qualities and usages, and it is directly related to each of the 12 riches because they are attainable only by singleness of purpose. Compare the principle of definiteness of purpose with the 12 riches one at a time and observe how essential it is for the attainment of each. Then take inventory of the people 
of outstanding achievement whom this country has produced and observe how each of them has emphasized some major purpose as the object of his endeavors. Henry Ford concentrated on building the first low-priced, dependable automobiles. Thomas Edison devoted his efforts to scientific inventions and Andrew Carnegie to the manufacture and sale of steel. F.W. F.W. Woolworth concentrated on the first large-scale general stores and Philip Armour on meatpacking and distribution. William Randolph Hearst focused on newspapers and Alexander Graham Bell on developing the first telephone. In our present day, every Olympian athlete trains with one major purpose before him or her. In our historic past, our nation depended on the major purposes of Jefferson, Lincoln, Washington, Patrick Henry, and Thomas Paine, who devoted their lives and in some instances their fortunes to the freedom of the rest of us. This list might be multiplied until it contained the name of every great American leader who has contributed to the establishment of the American way of life as we of today know it and benefit by it. How to acquire a definite major purpose? The procedure in the development of a definite major purpose is simple but important. If you follow these steps, you will begin to reap the rewards of your efforts. Write out a complete, clear, and definite statement of your major purpose in life. Sign it and commit it and commit it to memory. Then repeat it orally at least once every day, more often if practical. Repeat it over and over, thus placing all your faith in infinite intelligence. All right, I'm going to read that again. This is how to acquire a definite major purpose. The procedure in the development of a definite major purpose is simple but important. If you follow these steps, you will begin to reap the rewards of your efforts. Write out a complete, clear, and definite statement of your major purpose in life. Sign it and commit it to memory. Then repeat it orally at least once every day, more often if practicable. Repeat it over and over, thus placing all your faith in infinite intelligence. Write out a clear, definite plan by which you intend to begin the attainment of the object of your definite major purpose. In this plan, state the maximum time allowed for the attainment of your purpose and describe precisely what what you intend to give in return for the realization of your purpose, remembering that there is no such thing as something for nothing and that everything has a price which must be paid in advance in one form or another. So make your plan flexible enough to permit changes at any time you are inspired to do so. Remember that infinite intelligence, which operates in every atom of matter and in every living or inanimate, thing 
may present you with a plan far superior to any you can create. Therefore, be ready at all times to recognize and adopt any superior plan that may be presented to your mind. Now, this is deep. This is this is deep. Keep your major purpose and your plans for attaining it strictly to yourself insofar as you will receive additional instructions for carrying out your plan. And in the description of the mastermind principle, which follows in chapter 7, do not make the mistake of assuming that because you may not understand these instructions, the principles here described are not sound. Follow the instructions to the letter. Follow them in good faith and remember that by so doing, you are duplicating due procedure of many of the the greatest leaders this nation has ever produced. These instructions call for no effort that you may not easily put forth. They make no demands upon time or ability with which the average person would find difficult to comply. Decide now what you desire from life and what you have to give in return. Decide where you are going and how you are to get there. Then make a start from where you now stand with whatever means of attaining your goal you have at hand, and you will discover that to the extent you make use of these other and better means will reveal themselves to you. That has been the experience of all those whom the world has recognized as successes. Most of them started with humble beginnings, with little more to aid them than a passionate desire to attain a definite goal. There is enduring magic in such a desire. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to take any questions or comments. And then we are going to uh, get back into this and um, get our minds right. If you are in need of life insurance, auto or home insurance, or need help in getting out of debt, call your helpful insurance agents at Prime Financial Services. Did you know if you add a child rider to your life insurance policy, you can add multiple children for the price of one, starting at $10,000 worth of coverage for under $10. Call today for a free quote at 313-293-0979. Mention you heard this ad on this show for a free gift. Want to start a business or have tax issues? We know exactly how to handle your individual needs. We personalize each individual and give you the time required to focus on your needs. We audit you before the IRS does. The IRS is not on your side, but we are. We set up companies, do tax preparation, tax and retirement planning, bookkeeping, IRS audits, and reviews. Please call me, Deborah Mitchell, owner of Mitchell & Company, for a free consultation at 248-354-5122. And visit my website, MitchellTaxAccounting.com. This is Terry from Texas, and I love listening to the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White show. We're back, and you're listening to The Parker J. Cole Show. All right, we're back, we're back. All right, I'm plugging away, pushing the wrong commercials, and 
all those type of things, just making mistakes, continuing to learn how to work this board. All right, so we left off talking about how to acquire a definite major purpose. So um, just to highlight some things, uh, you need to write out a complete and clear definite statement for your major purpose in life, sign it and commit it to memory, then repeat it orally at least once a day or more often if necessary. And then you need to write out a clear, definite plan by which you intend to begin the attainment of this object for your definite major purpose. So make your plan flexible because God's going to uh, give you some, some, some tools and some ideas that are even larger than what you came up with. Uh, keep your major purpose and your plan for attaining it strictly to yourself. Don't be going around telling people about it so they uh, they can either hate on it, you know, you're telling big dreams to small-minded people, or you're telling things to people that are that will uh, may have the means to implement your idea before you. Um, so those are the things that uh, we discuss. Now, what I want to do is because. We're going to keep it moving. Um, if we have any callers out there that would like to add anything uh, so far that they uh, gained from this uh, this book or just uh, want to make a comment, press the one. We'll, we'll tap you in and we'll keep it going. So soon you will learn about a principle that is the key to all great achievements, the principle that has been responsible for our great American way of life, our system of free enterprise, our riches and our freedom. But first, you must make sure you know what it is that you desire of life. Ideas that lead to success begin as definiteness of purpose. It is a well-known fact that ideas are the only assets that have no fixed values. <laughs> we'll read that again. It is well-known fact that ideas are the only assets that have no fixed values. It is equally well-known that ideas are the beginning of all achievements. Ideas form the foundation of all fortunes, the starting point of all inventions. They have mastered the air above us and the waters of the oceans around us. They have enabled us to harness and use the atmosphere itself through which one brain may communicate with another brain through telepathy. That means you can... You could think of somebody and that you haven't talked to in years, months, and they're messing around and call you, call you today. You'd be like, what? How'd that happen? Because you're communicating with another brain through telepathy. Uh, I had a friend of mine tell me about that the other day. They were, they were, they were talking to each other about playing golf, and I text both of them like, okay, what y'all doing tomorrow? Y'all want to play? At the same time that they were talking. And so they told me about it the next day. So it's just uh, how God works. The photograph was nothing but an abstract idea until Edison organized it through definiteness of purpose and submitted it to the subconscious portion of his brain where it was projected into the great reservoir of infinite intelligence from which a workable plan was flashed back to him. 
And this workable plan he translated into a machine that worked. The philosophy of individual achievement began as an idea in the mind of Andrew Carnegie. He backed his idea with definiteness of purpose. And now the philosophy is available for the benefit of millions of people throughout the industrialized world. This is basically saying we have the power to change our circumstances and our own minds. Any idea that is held in the mind, emphasized, feared, or reverenced begins at once to clothe itself in the most convenient and appropriate physical form that is available. That which people believe, talk about, and fear, whether it be good or bad, has a very definite way of making its appearance in one form or another. Those who are struggling to free themselves from the limitations of poverty and misery must never, must not forget this great truth, for it applies to an individual just as it does to a nation of people. Self-suggestion, the link between the conscious and the subconscious mind. There is a working principle through which thoughts, ideas, plans, hopes, and purposes, which are placed in the conscious mind, find their way into the subconscious section of the mind, where they are picked up and carried out to their logical conclusion through a law of nature I shall describe later. To recognize this principle and understand it is to recognize also the reason why definiteness of purpose is the beginning of all achievements. You can transfer thought from the conscious to the subconscious section of the mind more quickly by the simple process of stepping up or stimulating the vibrations of thought through faith, fear, or any other highly intensified emotion such as enthusiasm, a burning desire based on definiteness of purpose. Thoughts that have precedence over all others in the matter of definiteness and speed with which they are handed over to the subconscious section of the mind and are acted upon. The speed with which the power of the faith works has given rise to the belief held by many that certain phenomena are the result of miracles. Psychologists and scientists recognize no such phenomena as a miracle, claiming that everything that happens is the result of a, of a definite cause, albeit a cause which cannot be explained. Be that as it may, it is a known fact that those capable of freeing their minds from all self-imposed limitations through the mental attitude known as faith, generally find the solution to all life's problems, regardless of their nature. Psychologists recognize also that infinite intelligence, while it is not claimed to automatically solve riddles, nevertheless carries out any clearly defined idea to a logical conclusion, aim, or desire that is submitted to the subconscious section of the mind in a mental attitude of perfect faith. 
But infinite intelligence never attempts to modify any thought that is submitted to it, and it has never been known to act upon a mere wish or indefinite idea, thought, or purpose. This truth well-grounded in your mind will give you sufficient power to solve your daily problems with much less effort than most people devote to worrying over their problems. So-called hunches often are signals indicating that infinite intelligence is endeavoring to reach influence the conscious section of the mind, but you will observe that they usually come in response to some idea, plan, purpose, or desire, or some fear that has been handed over to the subconscious section of the mind. I'm going to read that again. So-called hunches often are signals indicating that infinite intelligence is endeavoring to reach and influence the conscious section of the mind, but you will observe that they usually come in response to some idea, plan, purpose, or desire, or some fear that has been handed over to the subconscious section of the mind. All hunches should be treated civilly and examined carefully as they often convey, either in whole or in part, information of the utmost value to the individual who receives them. These hunches often make their appearance many hours, days, or weeks after the original thought which inspires them has reached the reservoir of infinite intelligence. Meanwhile, the individual often has forgotten their original thought. This is a profound subject about which even the wisest know very little. It becomes a self-revealing subject only upon meditation and thought. If you understand the principle of mind operation I've described, you will have a clue as to why meditation sometimes brings that which one desires while at other times it brings that which one does not wish. This type of mental attitude is attained only by preparation and self-discipline. We will learn how to develop this mental attitude later in this seminar. It is one of the most profound truths of the world that the affairs of all people shape themselves to fit the exact pattern of thoughts, whether the thoughts are mass thought or individual thought. Those who are successful become successful only because they acquire the habit of thinking in terms of success. Definiteness of purpose can and it should so completely occupy the mind that one has no time or space in the mind for thoughts of failure. Ain't nobody got time for that. Another profound truth consists in the fact that those who have been defeated and who recognize themselves as failures made by reversing the position of the sails of their minds, convert the winds of adversity into a power of equal volume, which will carry them onward to success, as one poet said. One ship sails east, the other west, impelled by the self-same blow. It's the set of the sails and not the go and not the gales that bids them where to go. 
To some who pride themselves on being what the world calls cool-headed and practical, this analysis of the principle of definiteness of purpose may appear to be abstract or impractical. There is a power greater than the power of conscious thought, and often it is not perceptible to the finite mind. Acceptance of this truth is essential for the successful culmination of any definite purpose based on the desire of great achievements. I know this is getting kind of deep for y'all, but we're going to take, got a caller, we're going to take take this caller and see if you have a, welcome caller, do you have a uh, question or comment? Yes, I do. And how are you this evening? I'm doing well. Mr. How are you Cole? today? Thank you, thank you. Just how are fine. you today? Just fine. You know, I was thinking of something when you were talking about that, uh, the mind and the, the inner person working together. I remember when I, I had always had a, um, a problem with asthma. I mean, I was born with it, but it didn't start bothering me. So after I had, we had this uh, upheaval when our house burned down. And I was around 12 years old, and I started having asthma attacks back after back. You know, it was just, it was really horrible, everything, until I was grown and stuff. And even when I started working for the state, I still had all this asthma and using medicines and things like that. And I remember this doctor told me, he said, we've given you everything that is that's on the table for asthma, and you still have it. And so hmm. he said, he thought that I needed some type of psychological counseling. I said, I'm not crazy, you know. And that really hurt my feelings, you know. But what happened was I started listening to this couple in Windsor, Canada, who had some spirit, really good spiritual truths to, you know, to tell you how to live, how to handle problems and things like that. So I started going over to their house. And his wife, she, she talked to me, you know, and they were, they were such beautiful people. He told me about, she told me about fasting for asthma. And I was, you know, I was also fat, and I was eating like a horse anyway, you know. But she said, no. She said, a lot of things can be cured up if you let your system clean it off for itself. Mm-hmm. And they tried to encourage me. I was afraid to turn loose the food and the medicine and everything. So finally they got quiet. And so I said, Lucy, for Lent, I said, I'm going to try it. So I went on like a, a remedial, uh, like a liquid diet, you know, water and stuff like that. And... Uh, I went for the entire uh, Lenten season. I lost a lot of weight. And for once in my life, since I was 12, I could breathe without wow. any medication. I didn't like wine, smell like whiskey, you know, because back then all that medicine, isoprel, it made you smell like he was drunk all the time, you know, all of this. And okay. so I was feeling good about myself. I really, you know, I started buying clothes from... Um, I bought clothes from, uh, I used to always go to Lane Bryant, and I, hey, I have nothing against Lane Bryant, okay? But I bought the big sizes for fat women and all of this. And, but then I didn't have to go. I went to J.L. Hudson, and I looked on the, and I bought a dress from J.L. Hudson, and it was a size 16 and an 18. And I tried it on, and it fit. And I just, then I put some high heels, instead of always my feet being on the ground, I put some high heels on it. You know, I just felt good about myself outwardly. But the problem was, and this is a big problem, I did it physically, but my mind was still fat. My mind was still on asthma. 
and the breathing and stuff. It wasn't like me. It wasn't like me at all. All right. You you have your mind has to change it. You have, that your mind and your spirit has to come in order to overcome the body. And um, so what you know what I did? It just didn't feel like me. I even dyed my hair blonde. You know, I was just <laughs> okay. really living it up. But it wasn't me. It was not me. You knew what I did. I ate my way back up hmm. and started getting sick again. You have hmm. to change your mind. Your mind runs your, brings your spirit and your body together. You have to change that mind to settle the fact that this, you know, this is your time of what they call inflection. In other words, this is your turning point in life. You're not going back anymore, you know. You're going right. to head forward with a new person. That mind has to do that. And it, even you, a lot of the things you're saying, it talks about in the Bible. He said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why hmm. do they keep emphasizing the person's mind? It brings the spirit and the body together. And once it is, you have a, a, a turning point in your life. Well, now you can go to a higher height and, you know, and then feel good about yourself and live it every single day, not going back to the old Lucy, the old person, the old fat person, the old sick person. You know, what you got comfortable and you can get comfortable in your misery. That's true. And that's hmm. what it was. That's what it was. And uh, so I was thinking of what you were saying tonight, how I just ate my way back up until I couldn't breathe. It was mm. me. It was me. It was me. No, I don't want to be that me anymore. I want to be something else. And mm. I lost all that. And so I started making clothes for myself. And, you know, I was, you know, just feeling good about myself. But it wasn't me. You have to change your mind. You have to change your mind. And even the things, the hard things that you face, you have to see them as a stepping stone instead of something that hurts you. You have to turn loose all that. You That's can true. only turn it loose in, in your mind. Turn it loose. So someone hurts you. They hurt your feelings. Maybe you were this, this, that, all that other stuff. You maybe a, you thought you were going to get married, and, and that happened. You know, things happen. You have to change your mind. Hmm. And let your mind bring it back together and your turning point in life. I just wanted to okay. share that. That's what happened. You know, and I'm no. not, I still have my problems and stuff, but my mind is set. And I all right. just wanted to share that with you. Thanks so much. No, we appreciate you sharing um, uh, sharing your story with us because I think it's so relevant to what we're talking about. Uh, you know, the fact that you can change, uh, and in that transformation, it can be a physical transformation as well. You know, like you said, you uh, you lost weight. You lost dress sizes. You were able to, you know, put on high heels. But when you looked at yourself in the mirror, you didn't see who you was looking at. You know, you still saw that old person in his new body. And like you said, you know, you uh, ate your way back to... Uh, to, you know, your asthma problem, your weight and all that. Yeah, I mean, we can do that. Uh, and so I think that that's why this book is so powerful, just, you know, for us to get our mind right and to know that we have the power to control those things. If we can't control nothing else, we can control what we think. And like they say, as a man think of, so is, you know, so is he. 
That so is definitely. Whatever you, yeah, whatever you think about yourself is what what's true. If you yeah. say that you can't do something, then you you can't do it. You won't do it because you don't believe you can do it. But you know, so you have to have the faith that anything is possible, that you can do anything. I'm hearing, I'm hearing about a lot of people who are curing themselves of cancer, and that's a word that scares everybody. Let's face it, we are human. But they're oh, yeah. finding a way to fight cancer, a different way. Through well, health, through know, all of that, they are finding a way to bring it about. I think anything is possible, you know. Um, oh, yeah. I think, you know, there are some things that we deal with in terms of illnesses and terminal illnesses uh, that can really change our lives you know, or they can take us up out of here. Um but they're, uh, you know, the power of the mind is, is a powerful thing. And, you know, and eating right, you know, eating natural um, herbs and and things, I think, um, as opposed to these medications uh, and these genetic <clears throat> medications, I think we can be so medicated. <clears throat> and, you know, all these medications have side effects. And with the side effects, you know, yeah, I mean, cause other issues. You take this pill for your blood pressure, but, you know, it's going to mess your kidneys up after a while. You know, you take this this medicine for this, then you got to get your liver tested. You know, so um, I believe that we can um, uh, heal ourselves. Um, I do believe that. No, I mean... You know, at times you may need to use some medicines, you know, or or, or some um, some some things that will assist in that process. I mean, you know, sometimes we, you know, I think we might need a little help. But I'm gonna go on and uh, appreciate your <clears throat> comment. <clears throat> Get my voice right. Take me a little swig here. <laughs> hey, Get my right. Get my mind right. <laughs> and um, and uh, they say that every circumstance of everyone's life is the result of a definite cause, whether it's a circumstance that brings failure or one that brings success. And many of the circumstances of everyone's life are the result of causes over which that person has or may have control. This obvious truth gives importance of the first magnitude to the principles of definiteness of purpose. If the circumstances of people's lives are not what they desire, those circumstances may be changed by changing their mental attitude and forming new and more desirable thought habits. That's what we were just talking about. How definiteness of purpose leads to success of all the great American industrialists who have contributed to the development of our industrialized systems, none was more spectacular than the late Walter Chrysler. His story should give hope to every young American who aspires to the attainment of fame or fortune, and it serves as evidence of the power one may gain by moving with definiteness of purpose. Chrysler began as a mechanic in a railroad shop in Salt Lake City, from his savings, he had accumulated a little more than $4,000, which he intended to use as a fund to set himself up in business. 
Looking around diligently, he decided that the automobile business was a coming industry, so he decided to go into that field. His entry into the business was both dramatic and novel. His first move was one that shocked his friends and astounded his relatives, for it consisted in his investing all his savings in an automobile. When the car arrived in Salt Lake City, he gave his friends This broadcast of the PJC Media Network seeks to present wholesome, thought-provoking, and entertaining content. However, the views expressed by the hosts of PJC Media are theirs and theirs alone. They do 